Hi, thanks for tuning in to the Expressing Motherhood podcast. You're about to listen to Carmen Walker. She was in our most recent Burlington, Vermont show. Carmen is a mother, daughter, friend, talker, listener, leader, and dreamer. In her private practice as a psychotherapist and an Ayurvedic consultant, sorry, that's a very hard word for me to say, she meets with adults and couples. She is passionate about listening to our intuition, being real with one another, manifesting, and mindfulness. Carmen believes that the point of life's great adventure is to grow and evolve. She dreams of traveling the world with her husband and two children, making documentaries, and stepping off the beaten path. And here is Carmen Walker in Expressing Motherhood's Burlington, Vermont show. Last year, my six-year-old's daughter's abundant joy went missing. She stopped smiling, asking questions, drawing, playing. She stopped dressing herself and racing out that front door. Stella stopped just about everything. There were endless tears, continuous tantrums, She was utterly intolerant and barely eating. She stopped allowing her father to parent her and could not handle being around her younger brother. She started sleeping more, napping again. One morning, she threw up and then promptly fell asleep. There were headaches, stomach aches, angry rages where I'd have to restrain her. She demanded to be glued to my body and would clench the shower curtain while I'd shower. No babysitters for anything. I suddenly felt like I was back to having an infant again, unable to leave her for more than a few hours. We took her to the pediatrician and to our play therapist. Neither provided answers. We had no idea what was going on. I started blaming myself. You see, she would go to school, and she would be fine. She would walk in our front door, and she would melt to the floor. I found fault in my parenting, the tensions in our marriage, our recent move, the house construction, the changing of schools. Unbearable blame and shame set in. The two things that helped during this time were baths together, and heart hugs. It became normal for Stella and I to take two to three baths together a day. In the warm water, her body would relax. Her smiles and her curiosity would would return. She would get lost in her fantasy world, and there'd be this glimmer of her. Baths became our refuge. It was the only place where things felt normal. And in the moments when Stella was on the verge of an angry outburst, if I timed it right, I could maneuver like a contortionist for her to climb on top of my body so that the beating rhythm of our hearts would somehow regulate her. We named this a heart hug. The energy it took to tend to Stella and my absolute terror about what was happening meant that I became a shell. I was an empty vessel there to serve Stella. 
Getting her dressed in the morning sometimes took close to an hour because the cessations of her clothes were just too much to handle. I knew in my gut that something was wrong, but there were just no concrete answers. I stopped sleeping, lost my appetite. Anxiety and depression seemed to be taking a hold of both of us. This went on for 37 days. And then on Mother's Day, Stella woke up and cried out that her neck hurt and that she could not stand up. I remember my body trembling as we headed for the hospital. Then we were meeting with doctors. Then we were preparing for an MRI and spinal tap. No eating for eight hours. Anesthesia, and then we were asked to leave our lifeless child with masked doctors. My Mother's Day gift that year was finally getting an answer. The MRI shows lesions on Stella's brain and spinal cord. I'm in shock. I'm squeezing the hands of the doctor, who explains that Stella has what's called acute disseminated encephalomyelitis which is a brief but intense inflammatory attack of the brain and spinal cord. Doctors explain that Stella's body created a temporary autoimmune disorder, one that she will fully recover from after high doses of steroids. I'm trying to process the diagnosis and also absorb the doctor's deep, deep relief that it was not much worse. The steroids amplify everything and almost take us over the edge. In truth, I did go to the very edge, almost falling. But my husband's steadiness pulled me back. Five days later, on a particularly beautiful, sunny day, my husband is steering the car home from the hospital. I sneak a look in the rearview mirror, and I see Stella smile. We pull in the driveway, and she immediately wants to hop on her bike. She wants chocolate. She wants to put on her fancy dress. She wants her dolls. She wants more chocolate. Desire and joy. I must have thanked God more than five million times that first day home from the hospital. The next day, I was alone for the first time in weeks and I crawl to my bed. The deepest exhaustion that has ever hit hits hard. My loved ones, near and far, rescue me. They give me permission to be alone, to stop parenting, to rest, to cry, to replenish. My own mother is there holding me, just as Stella needed. I remember being up in my bedroom and hearing her laughter downstairs. She was downstairs laughing with her brother. Stella was back. My girl was back. And I was slowly coming back. But these days, being back for me feels very different than before. Before this experience, I liked parenting. I loved it deep down but I had this undercurrent of restlessness. 
I was antsy to get away, to have a night off. There are more times than I'd like to admit where I was an empty presence. I took this privilege of parenting and those simple smiles for granted. Today, I parent from a very different place. I am a believer that we are all here to grow and to evolve. And this has been a lesson in pain pushing growth. Like any mom, I put every fiber of my being into protecting the deepest love that I know. I was scared, so vulnerable, and the process of getting to the other side has changed me. It has anchored me to a deep desire and commitment to be present. I am humbled by how hard love has a hold on me, and I want to be awake for it. Being present doesn't mean being a perfect parent. I don't always get it right. I still get distracted, get impatient, lose my shit, reach for my phone out of boredom. But there's this wiser voice that seems to arrive, and it brings me back to the moment. Coming back to the moment. It's become my practice. It's a practice of staying where my feet are, and my feet are often in my kitchen, cooking buttered noodles, wiping noses, and cleaning lunchboxes. This adventure called parenting is no joke. It is a relentless and wild ride. I can either be lost and distracted, or I can be present for the highs and the lows. It's this choice that I get to make over and over and over again. Remembering this choice means that I have replenished my reserves. We can't give from an empty tank. Am I resting? Am I doing the things that feed me? Am I getting with my girlfriends, connecting with my husband? Being present with myself allows me to be present for my life. Stella still climbs up for a heart hug most mornings, and we still love taking baths together. I hear myself saying thank you as I watch her run to the bus each morning. We have stumbled our way back to joy. Thank you.